This is Scott Pilgrim vs. The Minute 36. Welcome to the Scott Pilgrim vs. The Minute podcast, the show where we review and analyze the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, one minute at a time. He will lend you the extra 34 cents, Dave Castile. <laughs> you can't even do it now. <laughs> does that make me the difference maker? It, I'm not sure. It does, uh, it does, and that doesn't even rhyme with Sam Brown. I'm rhyming this time. Yes, I, no, I, I can't. <laughs> and as if we've done this once before. This week, our special guest, actor, filmmaker, and Edgar Wright fan, all around Dave Campfield. Hey, I am an all around Dave Campfield. It's Pete and Alex. I want to thank you so much for having me on the Star Wars Minute. I've been a fan uh, really since a few years ago. I mean, you, the way you guys have dissected, and um, you know, I'm really glad to be talking about Revenge of the Sith this week with you. I will gladly take credit for doing that podcast. Cool. cool. <laughs> but this, you're Whoa, the wrong this one. Is, this, is, this is not Star Wars Minute? No. No, son of a bitch. What podcast am I on? This is Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. I love Scott Pilgrim. Thank you, thank you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. You just dial <laughs> into various Skype chats hoping to hit the right uh, <laughs> podcast. I was gonna it's say, like chat roulette here. You know, the truth is... The podcast truth, chat roulette. <laughs> the truth is that uh, few films are as worthy as a minute-by-minute minute dissection as Scott Pilgrim because... You, know, you look at every scene, you look at every shot, everything is so densely um, filled. The, every part of this, there's few filmmakers as, as advanced as Edgar Wright in the terms of visual storytelling. And actually just visual audio uses all the tools a lot of to him. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm very glad to be sitting here with you guys. Uh, yeah, we've had a lot of dissecting. fun doing it. Uh, so before we get too far into it, uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listening audience? Who are you? Who is Dave Campfield? I'm the filmmaker between behind the Caesar and Otto films, a bunch of comedy horror films uh, that we try to liken to a modern day Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. So we've done Caesar Otto Summer Camp Massacre, which was the debut of Empire's Trey Byers. He's gone on to be famous. Uh, Caesar Otto's Deadly Xmas, which had a uh, cameos galore from everybody from Lloyd Coffin to Linnea Quigley. And lastly, Cesar Nato's Paranormal Halloween, uh, where we take on all super the, the tropes of the supernatural um, genre. Mm -hmm. And um, Edgar Wright has always been an inspiration, you know, to what I try to accomplish. This kind of ADD filmmaking, and I, I think no one <laughs> does it quite like he does, especially in these minutes. ADD with a mission, <laughs> yes, with a Brian mission. Yes, absolutely. So, all right, well, this week uh, we pick up here with minute, uh, well, 36, so 35 to 36. It picks up right as that symbol falls and hits the stage, as we determined at the end of last minute. So we uh, have uh, Matthew Patel still taunting Scott with a uh, in the air, with singing a song with his demon hipster chick, saying, uh, let us show him what we're all about. So, What do you guys uh, feel about uh, cutting through this minute? Sam, why don't you start us off? Oh... Okay. <laughs> As we're finishing up Patel, you, you're not ready. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like, I mean, what, what do you want me to jump in with? So <clears throat> Scott picks up the symbol mm -hmm. and shouts like, that doesn't even rhyme because mm -hmm. of uh, Matthew's last line. Right. That's why I and picked then, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm finding the connection. Here. Yes. Uh, so the, he throws the symbol at Matthew and strikes him right in the forehead. 
Right, causing him to spin backwards in the air. The demon hipster chicks, uh, demon hipster Vanish in a chicks. cloud of glitter. I, <laughs> I, I can't stop pointing out the glitter. Time I see it. You do like the glitter. There's a I lot do. of glitter. And it comes up uh, later. Um, oh, sorry. It comes up and when I was reading ahead in the book, so it oh, doesn't okay. come up. That, that can in, happen. Like, several minutes. So, so we get this, <laughs> we get this then conversation between uh, Patel and Scott without talking so they're like talking to each other through each other's minds saying that this With is impossible yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it's like this is impossible how can this be scott rhyming along open your eyes and you will see this kind of actually is the one time as i said in the book it uh th- this whole song was more of a back and forth between all the characters in in the scene uh whereas they kind of turned it into a matthew patel song uh this is where we actually get them doing that so scott flies through the air Punches Patel with a KO. Coins fall to the ground and Scott gets a thousand points. So I'm sure there's a lot in that segment there that I missed. So uh, Dave Castile, you first take it away. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that I do, and I, Sam, I think may have started doing this as well, is I watch everything with the subtitles on. Um, so there was a there was an interesting thing. Very, very, you can't actually hear it. But if, if you see it in the subtitles, there's actually somebody in the background going, is that even allowed? <laughs> Which I just it was I just thought it was kind of funny that it was in there. Like of all the things that people ask questions about and this type of thing, and we talked about this in some of the minutes from last week of the lunacy of what's happening, right? Uh, you know, of just you know the the pows and the zaps and all this kind of the comic book stuff coming out of this, and then they're like, is that a, is that allowed? That he's you know I'm assuming that he used a symbol. I don't know if there was any symbolism in that. Well, there was a symbolism. Um, symbolism but, symbolism yeah, in the symbol. Rimshot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> also using the symbol. But, um... <laughs> but yeah, and then we get, like I said, we get the coins fall to the ground. He gets a thousand points. And this is really the end of the fight. And then we move on to the rest of the scene. But I don't want to get into that yet because, uh, yeah. Dave Canfield, what, what do you have uh, from watching this uh, finishing to the fight? And you can even delve into what is the relationship that Matthew has with the demon chicks? Because if he's got these nine very attractive demon girls, why is he even interested in his ex, which he never had a real relationship with? And they kiss once. <laughs> you got nine demon chicks versus one girl in your past. Stick with the demon chicks, man. Well, well maybe the demon chicks are just there. You know, are they Plutonic friends? Well, they might. I mean, they're, they're his backup in fights, right? Right, right. But it seems like they got like maybe what is the relationship? I'm, I'm very curious about that. I don't so, want to be making out with chicks who've got like only the, the, the teeth are a little teeth. scary yeah, for that. That's not something I'm getting into. It's a okay, Robert Palmer video. Point, so, so he's trying to go back to normal. Let me ask you something. Can Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who every time I see her, I don't recognize her. She she's one of those actresses that looks different in every role. She played mm-hmm. the daughter in uh, in uh, Good Day to Die, Die, Die Hard. Hard. Oh, no, yeah. uh, uh, Live Free Die Hard. Live Free Die Hard. Yeah. No, the, the the Justin Long one. Uh, that was that the was fourth live, one. That was Live Free or Die Hard. Yeah. Okay, so Live Free or Die Hard. Yep. She looks different in that. She looks different every single time. And she was the, in the Thing remake yep. or the uh, the Thing uh, preview, cool. whatever you would yeah. call it. Cool. Yeah. And does she have, like, I wonder when you watch this, when most people watch this, it doesn't seem like, it seems like she's, her character's more charismatic and then she comes off. You know, because she's supposed mm-hmm. to be this magic wow girl that you can't take your eyes off of. And she's just like, normal cute girl next door with with pink hair and it's sort of weird that she's like liking something about mary with that character where she's grabbed every guy's interest and i think in the case of that film and something about mary i get it more because there's sort of more of a warmth and charisma to her mm-hmm. this character is not that warm 
So you wonder why these guys are so taken by her. Every introduction to her, she's been kind of standoffish yet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Somehow she seems to be the one that they grab. We talked about this a bunch where she's very, she's very used to attention from men and very dismissive of it. Like it's, it's, just, it's just I whatever, you know, if everyone wants me, right. this is me inventing what that feels like. I don't actually <laughs> familiar with that. Poor Sam. You don't know what it's like to be a woman desired by men. Is that what you're telling me, Sam? <laughs> I mean, I, this is going to be hard for you guys to understand, but yes, that's, that's basically where I'm coming from here. It's like, I'm, I'm I, I don't know what that. it's like to be a woman desired by men either. I'm based. No, I, <laughs> not with that beard. <laughs> so. So no, I just I just find it. I, I wonder if, as written, okay. Now, Sam, you seem to be the best first in the in the comic itself. As written, is the character of Ramona accurately portrayed, or do they take her in a different direction, or make her colder, or what have you? Well, I don't know what her vocal intonation is in the comic, but she definitely has that very sort of. Um, uh, I'm not sure if dismissive is the word, but she's definitely used to this attention right. and mm-hmm. tired of it, and I, I you get that impression that people who get that sort of attention all the time are looking for something in particular from someone mm-hmm. and not the same old uh, boring guy attention they get where it's just very, you know, based on the attractiveness or how she stands out because of her colored hair or whatever. You know? Yeah. Cause you know, my impression is if I see somebody like that, like you, I think most guys or myself in particular, just like lose interest almost simultaneously with the feeling of get over yourself. And there's right. definitely a uh, there's definitely that kind of vibe. And when but you... Scott's oblivious to yeah everything. <laughs> no, this is this is our. She's been described as the girl every girl wants to be and every guy wants to be with. Uh, they we went through the party scene with this a few minutes right. ago about that about she kicks all kinds of ass. She's got some battle scars. Mm-hmm. Um, she is uh, and she's also not from Toronto. Uh, right, and that's right. one of the big she's things that they, that they that they pushed in this is she's from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and that 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 will do it right there. <laughs> is the kiss in this moment? Is it, does this minute in, end uh, with the kiss? No, this mo- yeah. minute's going to no. go to the just where actually this this finishes up the club. So um, as we go through the rest, we have uh, Ramona and Stacy hanging out there up at the top, just kind of stunned looks in their face. Uh, Ramona says, uh, this, "This comes back to some of our favorite moments, <laughs> right?" Wallace is our favorite character. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm talking about. That kiss. Oh <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. We're getting there. Yes. So, yes. so Ramona says, uh, "Nice meeting you." And tell your gay friends. Uh, I said line, bye, yeah. and uh, Stacy confuses like, you know, what gay friends and turns and sees Wallace and Jimmy making out, and so you get the Wallace <laughs> again, again, again. <laughs> I have a little bit of trivia on that. The uh, the Scott Pilgrim DVD has a trivia track on it. Oh, nice. And, for that moment, it read to set the mood before shooting the kiss. Edgar Wright kissed Kieran Culkin. <laughs> so I guess he was showing the actor. What mood are we setting with that? That's <laughs> all safe here. This is a safe I, space. I also, <laughs> I, lo- I love in that moment when um, Stacy turns to Jimmy and Wallace, and you get that like crash zoom right on, right, uh, right on Stacy's face. Like the, yeah. the, the 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 energy that that cinematography zoom well, there, there's um like Edgar Wright really tries to emulate the uh, the look of a comic book with a lot yeah. of the illustrated lines of motion so like when there's physical camera motion there's lines that follow which is like in a comic book when someone's running you see the right. lines behind them. the zoom yeah 
something quick that I'm not sure if you guys noticed uh, in the preview in the fight, mm-hmm. all of the punches landing ended with a puff of uh, dust. So every time yeah. that Scott, they're connecting with, a, there's a puff of dust, which is worked right out of Asian cinema. Mm-hmm. I hadn't noticed until I rewatched it this time. Yeah, it learned. definitely has that throwback to the the kung fu movies of old, where like you see every punch land because you see the the puff, and it adds weight to everything. And speaking of that briefly, if you go onto our Facebook and check out uh, our listener Tom Fisher, who posted a uh, he has the uh, photo of the Matty Patel costume from this yeah, film, right and it still has dust on it. From the show on the shoulders, and that is the costume, <laughs> and correct? that is yeah, it is the yeah, costume that, is that was awesome. worn in it. He was able to get that his hands on that, so uh, that was uh, pretty awesome. He's got a picture of that on uh, on the Facebook. So uh, yeah, you also get when the zoom in on Wallace and uh, Jimmy there is you get the drawn heart with the arrow shooting yeah. through it. So you know, just get a little more, uh, uh, like you said, just a reminder you're in a comic book here, and that's. But yeah, like there. you compare this to Ang Lee's Hulk. Ang Lee was trying to convey a comic right. book visually, and mm-hmm. for some reason that didn't quite work for me. I don't, don't know what. Don't what. don't compare anything. <laughs> I did. We we I, don't even that's compare. That's a tangent, but I I liked that Hulk movie because it tried to emulate the feel of a comic with its transitions and and mm. but you know, framing you, everything. I, I personally feel that Edgar Wright did a much better job oh, in in 100%. creating a comic book. You yeah, know? absolutely. Cause, cause you get the, but he actually had something to reproduce while, you know, that Ang Lee movie was trying to give you the feel of comic without reproducing an actual yeah, uh, with a new comic, original story. Right? Yeah. It, was, it was a special story they had. A, a know, for effort. <laughs> <laughs> Ang Lee gets an A for effort. I can't tell you what grade I'd give it as a film, but an A for effort. <laughs> but anyway, the, co- the coins fall to the ground and Scott excitedly, ooh, coins, uh, picks them all up, uh, totals up to $2.40, uh, which is not enough for the bus ride home. Ramona tells him, I did say it wrong, that she'll lend him the extra 35 cents. I'm a, I must have a yeah. typo there. Uh, that, uh, 74 cents is a really weird that's amount. That's a weird bus thing. Yeah, look at me. It's bus, Canadian money. Even in Canadian money. Uh, <laughs> Maybe, but, you know, because it's after rush hour, it's late night or something. But that's 26 was, cents cheaper, sure. Um, off peak. <laughs> off peak, yeah. But that was done. Uh, it was actually upped from the amount that was in the book because uh, they wanted the amount to match what taking that bus ride home would be at the time of at the, the time film. Because <laughs> in, in the book, it's like $2.10 and she'll give him the extra 15 cents or something like you that. You know, the price has gone up in yeah, that, that eight, so. 10 years or whatever. It is that's, announced. Uh, oh, go ahead. That's an interesting thing considering they've done everything back down the texting and all that is still very 2003 which is when the film yeah, takes place. the computers and everything yeah that's it's an interesting almost backwards i thought call process. you out on the bullshit brian yeah. right. <laughs> call it imdb right, yeah. I mean, it's a film that takes place sort of in no time there's sometimes a movie comes along with it they don't they play with uh time mm-hmm. a lot so that it's not <laughs> beholden just to you know say 2003 it's sort of it. in no time do they 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 say 2003 in the movie in the beginning of the movie? No, it's no, not actually we, said. But so I think, therefore, it doesn't take place in any time. It's, it takes place. Yeah. In, in, you know, we're we're basing it on the uh, the, tech what, the computer, time. the tech, mm-hmm. um, and and that type of stuff. And and the comic book does. We've confirmed that. Yeah, uh, it takes place in two thousand three. So we we made a match uh, from our standpoint. Yeah, because it that. seems to be a callback to because some of the tech even in the film is a little dated for when the film was made. Actually. A, 
quite a bit dated some of it it's so. like the peanuts movie it, it takes place in no time that's my personal take on it i think that yeah, well, the peanuts that are bigger than all of us though i mean that's <laughs> you know <laughs> so the minute starts to wrap up it's announced that uh sex bomb wins and uh the crowd claps kind of just wondering what the heck happened and uh and w- it ends as knives is being helped to her feet and she starts cheering excitedly uh but it, the minute ends kind of in the middle of that cheer that she has right just uh, as she's screaming yep. and i did go yeah, back and look at the previous minute and see the uh crash and the boys get uh you know disintegrated disintegrated i can't believe i missed that uh you know such a bad thing on me so uh let's see some of the trivia i found was uh the ko sound effect that was played when scott defeats matthew patel uh is from sega's virtua fighter series of video I- games the, the trivia I saw said it was Street Fighter Alpha 3. Wow. So hopefully there's a fan that can... Yeah, correct that for us. Cor- I correct didn't play one way either of those games. So. I can... Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and I know we I talked... I got some uh, research in front of me. <laughs> did Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I know I saw... We were talking about uh, in, in past scenes with the, the comic panels that... Um, with that were uh, look like they were taken right from the graphic novels, and yeah. uh, Brian Lee O'Malley states in the commentary that another artist was brought in to illustrate these segments, and uh, was impressed that that person emulated his style so well. So close, yeah. awesome. So, any other thoughts uh, from all four of you? Just all four of us <laughs> about uh, wh- anything else in this minute? There's no, the, the detail that um, when uh, when Scott defeats Matthew Patel. He gets 1,000 points for this right before the rise of the coins are dropping. Right. And that's an ongoing theme mm-hmm. throughout that. I think we should just raise here so the context exists when we talk about it in the future. Right. It's a boss level. You get points per uh, difficulty. <laughs> this is the first level. Right. <laughs> and uh, Dave Campfield, you had something on this one? No, I was going to say that uh, I know your episodes usually clock in 10, 15 minutes and we're, we're beyond our limit or we're beyond the max. <laughs> now we're good. Uh, we're good. Dave Castillo, any last thoughts? Uh, no, just, just, I mean, a little bit of knives there. Um, yeah. As always, it was, you know, it was a ton of fun. Um, yeah. Not quite as much in this one, I think, as we're going to see in some of the other minutes we're going to do uh, as they come out later in the week. Um, but it was still. Right. But just, I point out to everybody, Knives has been unconscious this entire time. Uh, yeah, I mentioned just, that last week, so just that. remember that. So, uh, all right. Like uh, she has no idea about the backstory. And her friend um, doesn't remote. tell her. Yeah, that's, that's a so good weird. point, too. And, we'll get and I just want to say, like, victoriously, we finished our first boss fight. Right. Our first Evil X fight. We're done. <laughs> yep. Yeah, several more to go. All right. So, yep. All right, Dave, uh, how can they find us on the internet? <laughs> you can find us on the Twitter at Scott versus Minute. We're also at scottversusminute.com. You can find us on Facebook at Scott versus Minute. And if you want to email us, you can email us at scottversusminute at gmail.com. And Sam, are there any podcasts that we do? We do the only other podcast that's important to everybody in the world, uh, which is <laughs> Brian and I reviewing obscure streaming movies on Streaming Nonsense at streamingnonsense.com. Right, Mine was one. Yes. <laughs> Mine was two. one of those obscure movies. We got two, we of, got yours. two of your obscure movies. Yes, and and that's speaking right. of that, Dave Campfield, where can the people find you? Uh, just find me at uh, Twitter, Dave Campfield, one word. There you go. And I also host the Trauma Now podcast. You know, the guys who made the Toxic Avenger, I do their monthly podcast. You can get info right from my Twitter feed and, and all that. Very good. And Dave and I, uh, Dave Castile and I can be found at podcastdervia.com. <laughs> so uh, that's going to do it. Uh, 
for this minute, and we will see you all in just a minute.